Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side. Welcome to the 49er Faithful UK show. So the regular season ends with a victory Monday. A 38-13 win over the Cardinals, a 13-4 season record, a sweep of the NFC West and the number two seed in the playoffs. All in all, not a bad way to finish the season. I'm Gareth Ellis and I'm joined by Lee Gowland. Hey guys. And Paul Hope. Feeling pretty good, boys. Victory Monday. Yeah! Yes, nothing more to add to that, really. Victory Monday. So, despite an early score from the Cardinals and the game looking tight up to the half, 24 unanswered points had the game won before the end of the third quarter. Purdy was a little bothered by a rampaging JJ Watt, um, but still put in an efficient 3TD performance and will never have to face JJ Watt again. Uh, The Niners ran the ball 37 times. CMC, Mason, TDP and a fresh looking Elijah Mitchell and Juice all getting carries. So that's a whole running back room in one game. When did we last do that? Uh, the defence made life tough for the Cardinals and forced four turnovers. Uh, this game ex- looked exactly what a game should be like at the end of a season where you get a good team playing a bad team. But possibly still a few things to work on. So uh, what did you make of the game, Paul? It was a case of deja vu, wasn't it, Gareth? We thought after that Raiders game, there's no way on this planet that the defence are going to give up a play. And I don't know about you two, but the trick play, I thought, oh, they're just going to set people off. And I wasn't worried at all, like you said there in your introduction. But uh, I thought it was good to see the running backs, like you said. CMC and Mitchell is a great one-two punch. I like that juice got mixed in there. I thought we did quite well handling the emotion with the JJ Watts. I don't know about you two chaps, but I kind of got fed up a bit towards the end. I I get he's a great (laughs) player, but I was a little bit like, yeah, we get it, we get it. But... uh, in a way, it was kind of nice to see him get a sack. I was just a bit gutted, Gareth, that uh, Nick Bosa didn't get the two required. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did yeah. have some fun in the game day thread, reminding Alex Simpson that our bold predictions are normally pretty much on point. But I thoroughly enjoyed the game, gents. I sat at home. I dipped in and out of the Discord chat because I know Nadji was away. And I just wanted to give a big shout out to Jordan Reynolds, who stepped up and ran the end of game awards that Nadji's been doing. So it was nice to see other people get involved. What did you make of the game, Lee? Sat at home. Were you nervous? Were you worried? No, no, none of that. Um, I just quickly want to uh, defend uh, Alex Simpson there because I think uh, our bold prediction success rate, it, it can't be more than 20%. It can't be. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. Generous. Yeah, generous. Um, what did I make of the game? It, it had the uh, the vibe of the uh, the Dolphins game at the start when the uh, Cardinals... Uh, basically second player of the game, and then they get a touchdown. A touchdown match should never have stood, of course, because um, AJ Green pushed off on Diomedo Lenore. And you could actually see Lenore moved back by that, but it wasn't picked up. Nobody threw a flag, and they got it. Not that it makes any difference, um, because that was probably one of maybe his two bright spots for the Cardinals uh, all all the way through the game. Um, I I think you're right. It did have the feel of an end-of-season game. Um, some of the tackling to begin with wasn't great. Um, Diomedolano, I mean, that that would be one of the ones I'd pick up on. So after he corrected himself, got himself back upright and went after AJ Green, it seemed to be kind of a weak attempt at tackling. And I thought, you know what, this feels like a pre-season game. That, that's what it felt like. But then I think once they've gone to the sideline, 
Ryan's has probably had a word with them and said, look, we play every game like it's a Super Bowl. Get back out there, give 110% uh, and let's finish the way we should be finishing this game strong. Um, so overall, I mean, it was I, I thought it was a good performance. I, I thought at times there was some of the performances that left a lot to be desired. It, it was a fairly inconsistent game. But offensively, I mean, we've put up 38 points again. Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals had like the second string out there, the second, third string quarterback. That doesn't really make any difference. You still have to put the points up against the team. I mean, we saw against the Raiders, Stidham came in and he started throwing around like he was the uh, the, the second coming of Joe Montana and uh, kind of had you a little bit uh, surprised about that. So uh, there's no reason why any one of these quarterbacks couldn't have done that, but they didn't. Um, and as things are, we, we, we put up 38 points. Uh, so that's three games running now, 37 points mm. and more. I mean, that that's absolutely excellent. So I think that's pushed us up to the fourth-ranked offense, and we have the top-ranked defense. So it's, it's looking good. Mm. I, I think the biggest thing that came out of the game, and it's the thing that I wanted most of all, and it's what I put in the game day thread, um, in the introduction to the game day thread, Let's get out of this game without any injuries. That is the most important thing, and we did. We we got out of the game without any injuries, unless I've completely missed something, and I don't think I have. I, I think we went through it injury-free. Mm. Um, the players who came back, the likes of Debo and Mitchell, they look good. They look fit. They look sharp. That was good. Um, everybody else looked as though they, they were eventually up for the game. Didn't kind of start that way. Um, but yeah, that I was quite pleased with the way it went. And like I said, for me, success looked like get out of that game without any injuries, and we mm. did that. I think the, the success for me was having the game won by that uh, third quarter. And we were just chewing clock for 16, 17 minutes of the game. That's what you want to be at the end. Just uh, get off the field, get back in that locker room and, and look ahead to the next one. So uh, let's start looking at the offense. I've got a couple of uh, uh, statements that I've made really for you, you boys to discuss uh, two TDs for Kittle. Um, he's getting back to being the red zone target. You think that's some good um, news? Yeah. So I can't remember who, who made the, uh, the comment. I think I was watching good morning football this, this morning. And they basically said, Purdy, Purdy is in such a good place at the moment with the consistency that week in, week out, he's actually choosing a new favourite target and he's kind of circling around them. Um, I think you're right. I think over the five games, probably Kittle and I have been his favourite target. Mm. It looked as though it was going to be CMC to start off with because he was, he was doing a lot of checkdowns and uh, passes out of the flat that way. Um, but yeah, I, th I think he's happy with uh, Kittle. He's happy with Ayuk. He's comfortable with them. But I think he is spreading the ball around as well. Um, it's, it's starting to take on a bit of a pattern as well. I mean, third downs, it it's, it tends to be Juwan Jennings that he goes to. Um, but I don't know if that's because he's going to Juwan Jennings or that he's the primary receiver on that particular player because the third down in Shanahan has the confidence in Juwan Jennings on third down. It, it could be that. In, in fact, I would say it's probably 70% that, 30% Purdy's comfortable with, with whichever receiver. But Kittle, Kittle's starting to get back to like 2019 Kittle, where he's getting a lot of receiving yards. Uh, that, that can only be good, definitely going to the playoffs. And Kittle made the point of uh, answering a question when somebody said, 
do you like doing the the the, uh, the pancake blocks? Is that is that your favourite thing? He says, well, yeah, I do like doing that, but there's nothing beats getting a touchdown. Yeah. So you, you can see where he's trending to, and you can see where the team's trending to. I, I don't know if you've noticed that, Paul. Yeah, well, we touched upon it, Gareth, um, in the Cardinals game in Mexico. And when I was making my notes for today, we chuckled. Remember back to that game, chaps? Ayuk had not many targets, not many yards. We had two touchdowns, and we talked yeah. about what looked like a success. And when I've checked my notes today, Lee, we all called for Kittle to have a big game. And you're right, the banter with Alex Simpson is exactly that. It's all good-natured, it's all good-humoured. But we'd all called for Kittle to have a big game, Gareth. He had 29 yards on six passes, but he had two awesome touchdowns. And mm. that one where he made the full extension for it, Lee. And we've said rookie QBs tend to go to the tight ends. But I've liked how Purdy, you've said that while well, he spreads the ball around. But it was, yeah. if he was in doubt, chuck it up to George Kittle. Mm. And Nadji said last week, the one, the interception for the Raiders, you'd have expected Kittle to win that 50-50. It's nice to see Purdy still going there. But seven touchdowns in the last four games for our boy George. Club 85 is up and running, gents. I've had a lot of fun on Twitter with that because a lot of people, they were talking about the Kelsey comparison and yeah, was just a yeah. blocker. So, yeah, I've loved seeing him being mm. back involved in the red zone. What about you, Gareth? I know it was your statement, but you must have yeah, been happy well, to see it's it's not so much about Kittle, I guess. It's the assignment that he's been given now, that he's being freed up from what always certainly appeared to me was uh, he was always called upon to be blocking. So he wasn't necessarily going to be the target. And I think we'd missed out on that uh, because he is such a good red zone yeah. target, short field target. And it's it's good to see that he's getting those kind of stats. I think it's good to mix up. We, we've we seen how, how good George Kittle is at getting the chunk plays in the middle of the field, 15 yards, 20 yards, that sort of thing, with usually with a good catch in open field. Um, but it's, I'm particularly pleased to see him being back used as the red zone target. Uh, and hopefully it'll do something to address the uh, uh, lack of efficiency in the red zone, I guess, that... Uh, We've experienced in some games. I don't. I, I think season wide, we're probably still pretty good. But there's been those few games where you think the field goals aren't enough, um, and that's definitely my feeling. When you start going into the playoffs, uh, you get down into the red zone, and just field goals are, are not enough. Uh, field goals, are what you settle if you stall out at the thirty yard line, isn't it? So, Elijah Mitchell. Sorry, sorry. Before you go on to Mitchell, what, what mm. Kittle gives us is normally when you're in that red zone, a Shanahan team would be punch the ball in. But defences have to be honest now because we're not just going to run mm. that ball in. And like you've said, the playmakers we've got. So, but yeah, sorry to steal your thunder, Mitchell. That's all right, Mitchell. I was going to come straight to you, Paul. Uh, two TDs, uh, his first TD of the season as well. I think that was a prediction. Well, I think Lee gets all the credit because uh, a member had put a sales Again? post up in the group earlier in the day and Lee purchased a signed Mitchell mini helmet before the game. And I thought, if he's got the El Presidente sign of approval, Gareth. But to be honest, I think we've all been fans of 25. I think it was great to see him back. It's great to see him in the red zone. And I liked how happy the team were when he scored. And there was a couple of times where the camera spanned the CMC thinking, oh, should that have been your touchdown? But them two together, one hell of a one-two punch. And he mm. looked healthy. Um, you were rightly. I listened to the Shanahan interview afterwards earlier. And he said there was no injuries. So we've got out with their... With it unscathed. But I think between Good. them, Good. Um, I mean, you talk about Mitchell, they combined for 100 Russian yards, two Russian touchdowns on 15 carries. And then, like you said, Jordan Mason, we saw 
TDP we saw, Carl Juszczyk we saw. I remember at the start of the season, gents, when we were doing the, the roster breakdown and we were like, is Carl Shanahan really going to use all these running backs? The answer to that yeah. question is yeah. yes. <laughs> Usually by about week three. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so because of Paul's statement there regarding the uh, the mini helmet, I don't think I can show my wife this uh, recording when it goes up on YouTube now because she, <laughs> she's no idea I've bought that. <laughs> You need to send a text in the group chat, man. I didn't know that. It was out on the no, post. No, no, sorry. <laughs> sorry. She, she'll know as soon as it turns up. She's off work for the next four weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, Mitchell, when, when he came on, you wouldn't have thought he's been out for, for so long. He, he just hit, <laughs> excuse the pun, he hit the ground running. <laughs> and he, he was excellent. He was excellent when he came on. Uh, five carries averaging 11 yards a carry. It was, it's just great watching. He, he mm. seems, I mean, f- for all intents and purposes, t- to the eye, him and Christian McCaffrey are pretty v- similar running backs, stature, mm. stuff like that. Um, but they look so different when they run. So in my mind, they do anyway. When you see them, they just look so different and he, and he gives you something else. And I think that's what's going to cause a lot of teams' problems in the playoffs um, because I'm saying teams, plural, because we certainly go on there further than just the wild card game. Um, so, yeah, oh. he's, he's going to give. <laughs> it's not that bold. Um, we, we've got plenty of weapons there to, to cause problems to any team we come up against. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed seeing him back. I'm over the moon. He got through the game unscathed. Um, and I kind of like the way that Shanahan did uh, dial up all the different uh, running backs. Jordan Mason in there, TDP as well. TDP looked good on a few different runs. Um, and yeah, I, I think what we needed from that game, I think Shanahan's probably getting that. He, he's had a few fringe players on there. They, they've got a little bit more experience, a little more game time. We've managed to take out the the first team, as you said, Gareth. Probably success was having such a lead in the third quarter that we can pull those guys out there. Um, obviously, I, I I didn't go for that prediction. I didn't think it was going to be that big of a big of victory for us. I just had a feeling with it being a divisional rival. Um, I I just thought they might try and they want to be up for us, spoil the party for us because I know if if we were three and uh, fourteen or whatever it was they were, um, three and thirteen, they were three and thirteen. If we were three and thirteen going up against a division rival who were trying to vie for the number one seed, I'd want us to go out and give a hundred and ten percent, not give up. I I don't care that we can't win anything. We can win that game. Mm. And winning that game uh, and knocking a rival out of a, a seeding position that they want, to me that that's great. So I was kind of worried about it, but it didn't come off. I mean, we, we weren't even going at full full speed either. We're like going half speed, and, and we still put a score of thirty at thirteen. I mean, that was a crushing defeat for the Cardinals, and we weren't even trying. Cardinals gave up some weeks ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Mexico game right. was a bit thing, and like you said, Gareth. That last fourth quarter with Josh Johnson in, I kind of was like, oh, let him throw the ball, Kyle. Yeah. I was kind of fed up with seeing the <laughs> running backs run the ball. And, and, and Lee, you mentioned TDP there, 55 yards on the ground. It was nice to see these players yeah. given those opportunities. But I'm not going to lie, Gareth, that fourth quarter was probably the least emotional roller coaster any of us have had. But I did want to see Josh Johnson throw that ball. And I kind of wanted to see Nick Bosa snuck back in just to try and get a sack at the end. But like you said, we didn't need to in the end. So, so TDP only had 27 uh, yards on the ground off eight carries. It was Elijah Mitchell that had 55 yards. Apologies. 
No, I just want to just want to correct that. I was hugely disappointed Mason didn't get his second TD. Uh, I thought he was in and over the line, but he got yeah, reviewed. yeah. I mean, Probably it was very close, wasn't it? Very yeah. close. But I felt, felt a bit sorry, yeah. Sorry for him. I thought he'd earned a second one. Uh, Debo's back. Good to give him a run out. Um, possibly a little bit unpopular. I I think it's probably been a good thing we've been without Debo for a few weeks because I think it's forced the offence to do something else and we're no longer reliant on him in yeah, the way that we were completely last agree. Season. We're very yeah, reliant on CMC. But it was interesting to see Debo used again and those plays still fail to really get the impact they used to. So so I think it, it's good on two levels. You're right. It's good that we, we don't have to rely on Debo. We can use our other weapons. And because we, we've we been forced into that situation, we've now got opposing teams, defensive coordinators thinking, well, they were going to Debo all the time and we all thought there was going to be a drop-off. But actually, scores started going up. <laughs> Mm. And we start using other other targets, and it's probably because people they weren't sure where we were going, because they would normally think, "Oh, Debo, Debo, Let, let's just make sure we contain Debo." Then all of a sudden, well, Debo's not here, so is he going to Ayuk? Is he going to Kittle? Is he going to CMC? Is he going to Joanne Jennings? Where where, where they're going with this? And I think that might have contributed to scoring more, because defenses weren't quite sure where we're going, and now we've got Debo back. It's just added another person in there. Mm. And it kind of shows the the quality and depth we've got on offense. I think our offense is quite underrated. I think a lot of people have underrated us. And, and they keep on saying about Purdy. Um, I can't remember who said it, but I, I read something where somebody said, well, the 49 is definitely not going to the Super Bowl with Purdy. And, and this was today. This was this morning I read that. And I was thinking, well, hang on here. He's had six games. <laughs> He's absolutely blown everybody away here. Yes, we, we've only, in, in that time frame, we've only uh, played two teams with a winning record. But as we keep on saying week in, week out, you can only beat the team that's put in front of you. And he's doing it. And he's doing it looking more confident as a quarterback than what we're used to seeing for the last few years. Yeah, I've started yeah. getting those text messages from non-49ers fans. Oh, you've not played anybody. You've got the weakest schedule. And to be fair, Gareth, um, what I liked about Debo, and only only had a couple of targets, I liked that he was used as a wide receiver. It wasn't a trick play out the backfield. And I think it was nice to mix him back in. But I think you're rightly, I think it was to show in the league, he is still a wide receiver. And like you said, Gareth, for a split second when Purdy dumped it off and we talked about the yards after the catch, I thought, Oh, is Debo going to take it all away? It went for positive yardage, but it wasn't mm. the Debo like we remember against yeah. Chicago and, yeah. and things like that. But um, whilst we're on the wide receivers, I'm hoping you go on where I think you go on, Gareth. So I'll, I'll shut up in case I'm jumping ahead. What, to uh, to Mr. Ayuk? Take it away. Thousand yard Ayuk. Yeah, I was going to say, I was delighted to see him getting the 59 receiving yards and the four receptions, the thousand yard season. We said at the start of the year, chaps, that Ayuk would this would be a season. Mm. And at one point, I thought, he's going to be short. We're not going to get him the ball. And it was going to be like that Kittle game against the Broncos a couple of years ago. But yeah. I was over the moon to see him get that one, mm. that, those yardage. So that's where I thought you were going, buddy. Yeah, yeah completely agree, Paul. Good place. It's a good place to go, yeah. really. Uh, fully deserved. Uh, and he's our possibly most reliable pass catcher now. I know there have been a few drops, but he seems to catch the ball when he's covered well 
or at least there's always people around him. He doesn't seem to be getting too many yards after the catch because he always just seems to be making the catches in a in a congested part of the field, and he's doing it reliably. Yeah, so I, I don't think that's as much to do with Ayuk as it is with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy being able to get him uh, the ball even when he's covered. I, mm-hmm. I think that's the case. That the fact that one Ayuk's got the confidence that Brock Purdy is going to get the ball where it needs to be, and Brock Purdy's got the confidence that Ayuk's actually going to catch it, so he doesn't mind throwing it where there's uh, defenders around him. And I, I think that's one of the biggest improvements we've seen in the quarterback player since mm-hmm. Brock Purdy has come in. He, he can get it into those tight windows, in those tight situations where normally there's no way Jimmy's going to throw that way because he's looking for somebody who's at least 15 yards wide open. And I think, again, going ahead in the playoffs, that's got to be a good thing. It's got to mm-hmm. be a good thing because we, we, we're now seeing other receivers actually getting open because they're now looking at uh, Ayuk to try and uh, close him down. They're going to be looking at Kittle to close him down. And, and I think... I think somewhere through the playoffs, what we're going to see is Danny Gray put in there to take the top off the defence as well. Mm. And I think that's going to have a huge impact on the game. So the receiving core, I think we've got a very good receiving core. I think overall, as an offence, like I said, I think we're very underrated. And I'm really looking forward to seeing us smack one of these winning teams. But do you think it's fair to say, Gareth, that Ayuk has earned that wide receiver one tag that we were all keen to get the stats in? Because I think he has, and it was nice to see it rewarded in the stat sheet with that first 1,000 yards. But I think if you go back to the start of the season, that might have been a bold prediction that Ayuk would end as wide receiver one. I think we disagree, Lee. No, so I'm I'm going to have to go back and listen to that because I'm sure that was mentioned. In yeah, the we, we talked about it, but I meant like... No, no, that, that actual... All oh, right, sorry. Right, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Do you see what I because mean? Because I'm sure what, what, one of us turned around and said, uh, Brandon Ayuk is wide receiver one. It was either me or Nadji, because uh, I was hiring him. But I was hiring him because of the Trey Lance connection and the work he was putting in. But obviously, you, you can't foresee the season, the injuries. But like you said, in the playoffs now, it looks like Ayuk's going to be the one that they're going to be focusing mm. on. But then... If the tie-up Ayuk, there's all the others. But no, it was great to see. And I did think it was nice in the third quarter that you said, Gareth, to see it ticked off. So that was one mm. we got rightly. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we do we do get some bull predictions, right? But I we don't do. think the percentage is that high. It's not it's as just low that, as It's just that we talk about the right ones a lot. <laughs> no, yeah. but some people do call us out. And I think that we stand aside from other fan groups that I listen to. And the fact that we do it tongue-in-cheek sometimes. But yeah. if you go back through the season, and the boldest one of all, I'm so hoping it's going to come true. It's got nothing to do with me. Is that the Brock Purdy one? That's the Brock yeah, yeah. Purdy yeah. one, yeah. So, so it's, it's interesting because the same clip of that bold prediction, not that bold prediction, but that, that particular show where we talk about Brock Purdy has been um, shared a few times. That's not the prediction I'm talking about. So I think that was the prediction where, and this was tongue-in-cheek, where I said, oh, yeah, Brock Purdy's going to be MVP. Yeah. There's something else somewhere in that show where I turned around and said, Brock Purdy will throw the game-winning touchdown mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. And I need to find that. I need to find it. I need to sit down and listen to that one again because that that's the one where I was convinced that would happen. Not the whole MVP thing. Got to give you props for that, man. 
You can't. You can't yeah. go. If you get that one right, then yeah, um, you you have to make um, a ball on that one. We we we'll wait and see. I mean, the way the playoffs going, um, we've got a good chance of being right about the NFC Championship game as well. Cowboys forty nine ers at Levi's. Um, I don't hold out much hope of it being the uh, 49ers Chargers Super Bowl, as I predicted. I don't think that's going to happen. Mm. Well, it is possible. I mean, they're in there. They're in there. For all we know, yeah, for all we know, they might just hit form going Mm. into the playoffs. But I I just can't see it. Anything else on the offensive side of the ball before we move over to the D? I think no, I think I'd add everything. We haven't really talked about Brock Purdy because it's just boring now, isn't it? He's just he's just good at quarterbacking. He did seem to be a little uh, rattled, I think, by JJ Watt. It has been the game where I think he, individual plays. There's been a few where you'd think, ah, he he looks a bit like a, a rookie on that play. A couple of ones where he took a sack, but he's still he's just avoiding the interceptions. He's avoiding the terrible mistakes. Yeah, sometimes you get sacked. There's worse things that can happen. Yeah, he is. Um, something that I was thinking of last night, because apparently it takes a good four to five games for opposing defensive coordinators to, to get a right amount of tape on him to figure out where his weaknesses are. And when I was watching that last night, and he was flushed out the pocket a few times, where in, in the past few weeks he's been very good at getting out of the pocket and either getting rid of the ball or even hitting receivers. Um, he, he he didn't have the same success. I'm not going to say he struggled, but he didn't have the same success last night. And to me, I'm thinking, is that the way that defensive coordinator is going to do? Try and flush him out of the pocket as quickly as possible. And with his inexperience, hope he makes a mistake. Mm-hmm going out. Is, is that the way they're going to attack us? So if I was Shanahan, I'd be saying to Demeco Ryans, look, I, I want you to go through all the game tape over the last uh, five weeks, concentrate on Brock Purdy and then you come into my office and you tell me how you're going to stop Brock Purdy. Because if you can tell me how you're going to do it, that's mm. pretty much the same as how everybody else is going to do it. And then we try and figure out a way to combat how you're going to stop us. So that's what I'd be saying. And to be honest, I think that that is like the standard thing that they do anyway mm. in the NFL. Um, I, I'm, I'm not um, stating anything out of the ordinary there, or anything new that somebody doesn't doesn't um, know already, but that's what I'd be doing. I'd be saying to Demeco Ryan's, "Look, how do we stop Brock Purdy? Because you need to help me to combat how they're going to do it." Well, all I was going to say, Gareth, without Nadji, it feels a bit amiss to talk about the Brock Express, but I did want to give no. your line a bit of love before we moved on, because for me. Lee said it there, Brock Purdy was sacked four times on the night. But I didn't feel worried where, I suppose, with Jimmy under centre, when the sacks were mounting up, you thought, oh, is he going to do something stupid? Or is he not going to hold on the ball? But I think the offensive line played quite well. I was a bit frustrated with Brendel with that stupid penalty. No, he went to snap the ball and he kept hold of it. But again, it was kind of like you said, a pre-season game and I wasn't overly worried. I think on the night, the offensive line played well. They created the big running lanes that we saw. And like you said, Lee, we talked about it before the Miami game with Purdy in college. Sometimes he had the kind of presence to be the man and he'd run around trying to be like Patrick Mahomes. And we wondered, would he work through his progressions? Would he work through the pocket? And I thought the Cardinals did quite well last night. You said once he got out of the pocket, there was a couple of times where he nearly got away and then maybe he's clipped his foot or he didn't quite get the ball out. But other than that, I'm, I'm not overly worried. He's not a mobile first quarterback. It wasn't like when Kaepernick came into the league and then yeah. people... Cotton done, but mm. I like what you've said there to Shanahan St. Orion's. You have a look, 
you tell me yeah, what yeah. you do because let's face it, with the number one defense and the best coordinator in the league, you can't go wrong with that approach, mate. So I think that's that. That's, again, that's another thing I like about Brock Purdy. He, he uses his legs when he needs to use his legs. When he needs needs to scramble, extend the player. That that's the kind of thing I like. Um, when Trey Lance is given a, an opportunity, I hope that's how he uses his legs. But I've just got this feeling that if Trey does get the opportunity next season, Shanahan's going to go back to the way he used him against the Cardinals in that very first game. Mm. He's going to use him as a running back. Uh, and to me, it's a complete waste of time. Well, why on earth give up all that uh, draft collateral to effectively draft another uh, running back? Let let the kid throw, because the kid's got an absolute cannon. Mm. Um, but we're getting off topic, so we go, we're going... <laughs> which, which, really? As we all know, it is the thing I do. Getting off topic. So back to Brock Purdy, yeah. Uh, love the way he uses his legs. He's smart about it. What do you think, Gareth? Yeah, I think uh, another another smart display of the decision making where sometimes it breaks down. Sometimes there's a there's a missed assignment on the blocking. We don't know, I guess, whether that's the quarterback who's missed it or the centre or, or someone's just whiffed on their assignment um, and missed it entirely. But sometimes that happens and you don't make that bad situation worse by fumbling the ball or, or trying to squeeze it into somewhere where uh, it really shouldn't be going. So it's it just continues on. I think we've seen this of, of the first few games is where's his ceiling going to be? And he's just sort of hung around at this consistent level where I think the floor is very high and maybe the ceiling isn't a lot higher than the floor, but it's the model of consistency. And if he can just keep doing what he uh, has been doing, then he can leave it for people like Kittle to make the uh, outrageous end zone catches because we've got the players who can do it. He doesn't have to force it and he seems comfortable in that role. So, yeah, we will we will see bigger games ahead. Uh, well, he finished, over, he finished hmm? 15 for 20 for 178 yards, which was shorter than what me and Lee called for. But he did get three touchdowns, three which meant he yeah. broke the record which is what we called for. But uh, I think me and Lee were in the middle with our prediction. Lee thought it might be a rain game. And at one point, said I think it was going to yeah, fall yeah. 500 yards. But again, like you said, Gareth, I just wanted to throw that in there. He never put the ball in mm. harm's way. And zero interceptions was another key stat, which I took away from that game just before before you moved yeah, on. Yeah, and that reminds me, he doesn't tend to be throwing those interceptable passes either. We've always seen Jimmy would always have a one pass he'd get away with a game where you'd think... And every time Brock releases the ball, I'm I'm sitting there quite comfortably um, compared to that heart in the mouth moments that we've we've had over the last few seasons. And I don't know yeah, really where, where it comes from in the analysis. It's just there is a calmness about him. There is completely agree with that because I'm exactly the same. As soon as he releases that ball, the first thing I'm thinking is which wide open receiver is he just about to hit? Because you can guarantee. The, the confidence that he's built up in all the fan base is when he does release the ball, we, we all think it's going to be it's going to be absolutely golden. So the, the, it makes a change. It makes a change for th- from thinking, is this going to be an interception? Yeah. Anyway, over over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, Tayshon Gibson uh, made some amends for his whiff tackle on AJ Green at the beginning of the game with uh, two interceptions. Uh, he's quietly again. We've mentioned him a few times, but he's just put together a really good season for a guy who came in in August as possibly a little bit of cover when I think Jimmy Ward was on um, uh, IR at the beginning of the season and has just not 
given up his his spot. He's refused to be beaten out of the team. I think that's worth worth a mention. Yeah, and I think his juggling skills is absolutely excellent, second to none. I, I think I don't know if you were the same as me, but uh, my heart was in my mouth a little bit there. Thinking, oh, he's, he's dropped it, he's dropped it, he's dropped. Oh no, he's got it. <laughs> so yeah, he did. He looked good. Um, you're right. He's had a quiet season. Um, potentially, he's a candidate for the most underappreciated player on the team, mm-hmm. um, or underestimated player on the team, and um, because he has, he, he's had a very good season, as you said. Uh, start of the season, the expectation was he was, he was going to be third or fourth string. He, he was just in there as cover, as uh, depth. Um, but obviously, Jimmy Ward injury that, that's forced him into play time with uh, Talanoa. Um, and they both started off really, really well, mm. which I think has benefited us because when it's come back, when, when Jimmy's come back, we've been a stronger team with, with Jimmy not at safety. And I think uh, Najee might agree with us there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's just a Ward's, hunch I have. It's been Jimmy Ward's most effective or most impactful season, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think what's interesting for me, Gareth, when we talk about the safeties, is um, my mate who's a Rams fan. He's feeling the pinch a little bit of this season, and he keeps texting me, "Beat the Forty Nine ers edge rush, get after that secondary." And I quite like the fact that, like you said, Gibson whiffed on that tackle later mm-hmm. green, and I thought, oh. But Kyle Shanahan has been quite a big fan of his, and those two interceptions. You're right, Dolly, the juggle. I mean, if Nadji was here, he'd obviously tell us as a player you can't do that. But he pulled it in when it mattered, and also for me, he had a couple of passes well defended as well, Gareth. So it wasn't just the splashy players, but he did something even better, which was he kept Hafanga in check because for Hafanga over the last mm. few weeks hasn't been his usual self. But I think the pair of them on Sunday night, and again, you said it, Lee, you can only go up against who you're playing. I thought they worked quite well as a tandem and they worked well together. And yeah, um, I, I stole some banter off the 49ers website, Gareth, they called Gibson the mayor of Pick City. So I quickly <laughs> tweeted that out during the game last night because I quite like that one. That is a good one. Um, the Cardinals had 61 rush yards on 20 carries. Uh, D-line's looking strong again, isn't it? It is. I mean, Armstead and uh, Kinlaw have come back and uh, as soon as they've stepped on the field, that they've been such huge difference makers. Um, but again, it, it's missed by a lot of your know, ordinary fans who are just looking at the stats thinking, well, what are they doing there? Um, I think it's been a huge benefit to the edge once um, both Armstead and Kinlaw's come back. Um, and again, they've come back at the right time. This is why this season just feels so different to the previous ones. It just feels as though we're getting stronger and stronger as the season's going on. Mm. When in the past, we've been getting weaker and weaker because we've been uh, picking up injuries. That's not to say it's not going to happen during the playoffs because obviously we're playing the best teams and all the best teams play hard. So you're bound to pick up an injury or two. It just feels so much better. And mm. um, I think that's why I'm so confident that we can go all the way this year. We should have gone all the way last year. Let, let's face it, we should have been in the Super Bowl last year. Um, we just played poorly in the game that mattered. Um, and I think it, had we gone to the Super Bowl, I, I, I think we'd have won it as well. Yeah. I mean, we, we could have been talking about back-to-back now. Honestly, we could have been talking about a repeat. Could have, would have, should have. And then next year, a three-peat. See, you get excited. It is what it is. I am. I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking around to see where my tin of brass is. 
the the run game as well, though, Lee, the linebackers contribute to that. And the fact that yeah. the, they all have that in the team and that that play where they were trying to stop them sneaking it and Warner's diving over the top of it. And like you said, you've got to give the big guys the love. I mean, we've said Armstead's been vital, Kinlaw. But for me, one of the um, stars last night, Gareth, Jordan, Jordan Willis, forced fumble. Mm-hmm. And I thought he looked yeah. pretty good. And he, he looked did, good yeah. last year in the playoff run. And obviously, we all remember what happened in Green Bay. So, like you said, Lee, mm-hmm. we, we sat here talk about the offence and all the playmakers on offence. Then you go to the defensive side of the ball and you think, we haven't even talked about the NFL's leading sacker in Nick Bosa because he was very quiet. But, yeah, the defence is getting stronger and stronger. And Ryan's yeah. is going to have his pick of the jobs out there. Let's face it. There's a few for him to choose from because there's been a few seconds today. Yeah, yeah, the has. That's, uh, that's going to be interesting because... With the Cardinals getting rid of uh, Kingsbury, and I think we all kind of had a feeling that that was going to happen. I wonder if Jim Harbaugh might end back end up back in the NFC West. I think that would kill me that to see Harbaugh mm-hmm. take over the Cardinals, because you guarantee he's going to make them into a good team. He's going to coach them into a good team. But mm-hmm. we'll wait and see. I mean, yeah. Demetrio Ryan's. I think Paul said it before. Will he end up with the Texans? Um, the way the Texans have Tret Lovey Smith, I'd be gutted if Ryan scores there because mm. the ownership is not great. Um, whatever happened with Deshaun Watson, it, it kind of the whole the whole um, timeline of events seemed very strange. It's almost as though. The organization knew what had been going on, kept it quiet, and as soon mm. as Watson said, I want to trade, they blew the whistle, and it's all come out more. So I don't particularly like the Texans as an organization, especially what they've just done to Lovey Smith. One season? Mm. What was he supposed to do in one season? I mean, same thing you said about Chip Kelly, but Chip Kelly mm. should have been gone. It makes that victory better last night, though, doesn't it, that it cost them the number one seed, and then they've got rid of him. Like in that last second against the Colts, so the, the number one pick in the draft, yeah, 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 yeah. Again, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a very strange one that one, like because they they fought tooth and nail to to get that win and take away the number one uh, pick. Yeah, well, compare, compare that to the card the performance the Cardinals put in. Very different opponents, but you can still go yeah. out and have the same level of effort, whether you have the same level of success. Your opponents don't yeah. matter. Um, and look at the way the Texans played for played for Lovey Smith. So I do think that was that was harsh when you look at their roster and you think, who? They're the most talent-deprived dep- roster. And he's at least made sure that they haven't been embarrassed badly repeatedly throughout the season. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else they really expected him to achieve with the players he's got. Yeah. Um, so I, I know we're on defense, but... I just want to quickly back off to, uh, well, yeah, I just want to quickly nip back to offense there because um, I'm, I'm currently on PFF looking at uh, the stats on PFF because they've been updated today. So it's the end of season stats. And Trent Williams, three out of, in his last three seasons, they would rank as first, second and fourth best seasons. He's been rated playing, uh, and that's that's quite a mark considering he is in year twelve, mm. and that's since he's come to the Niners. 
and he is he's absolutely excellent Brock Purdy Brock Purdy is now up to uh, he's ranked 15th best quarterback according to PFF stats um, and obviously that's only based off six games so you kind of wonder where he could have been had he started earlier and where he's mm-hmm. going um, I know PFF stats are flawed in, in, in a way but they also do give you a, a bit of an indicator as well um, which is why I, I kind of use it and I don't <laughs> Um, George Kittle, number two, tight end. Nick Bosa, third defensive end. McCaffrey, fourth uh, running back. Ayuk's in there as the 18th uh, wide receiver. We've got Warner and Greenlaw, fourth and seventh linebackers. Our, our team is full. Oh, and uh, Mooney Ward, fourth cornerback. Our, our team is full of such high-end talent. Mm. It, it, it's not just above-average talent. It's high-end talent. That we've got on the team, it's it's just fantastic mm. to see this. It is, and I, again, that's where all my confidence comes from. I, I look at that. I look at the the type of player we've got, the marquee player we've got, and um, the fact that we fit, the fact that we're on a roll, and uh, it just feels right. Feels right this year. Number six, down. baby, it's coming on. Number six. That was a that was a worthwhile detour, I think, from the from the defense. Uh, we we gave up a big play again. We do seem to have this habit of occasionally inexplicably giving up a massive play. Um, what can we do about it? What can D'Amico do about it? Paul, fix it for us. No, Lee, Lee's got something ready. I can see his pie, so go on, El Presidente, well, jump no, in. Buddy. No, so I, it's not like I've got something ready for it. You're right, we have. I mean, it's happened, what, three times? Three times in the last four or five weeks. And uh, very early on in the game, we, we've given up a huge play. Didn't make any difference to those three games. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. If, if, if anything, it kind of solidified the defence. Once that play happened, it's like, whoa, hang on here. Right, let's get our thumb out here. Let, let's get the business done. So we, we need to work out what's happening, but all three players are different. So it's not as though there was a breakdown, a particular common denominator where the breakdown was. I think it's just one of those things that you can't expect to go through the whole season and not have anybody put a big play up on you. It, it's going to happen. It just so happens it's happened three times in the last four or five weeks. Um, but then, like I said, you look through the rest of the game and we've controlled it all game long. Mm. So I'm not too concerned. Um, get to the Super Bowl and it might be a little bit more of a concern because in the Super Bowl, you're not going to run out of a big lead like this. Although we might this year. I don't know. There's the confidence kicking off again. It's going to be a huge victory. Um, there was a I mean, pre, pre, uh, pre-season bold predictions included scores for the Super Bowl this year. So did they? Oh, I've got to listen to that episode again. I forced you before we disappear off down there, though, Lee. I think what you're getting at, Gareth, and if you're right at what I think you're getting at, is Lenar seems to be the weak link, and teams tend to be going after him. And you're right, Lee. It hasn't yeah, yeah. resulted in a mm. loss. And we've said it on this show a few times, and are still kind of learning. There's a couple of issues, but teams in the NFL study tape to look for weaknesses. And like you said, Lee, the three players have all been very different. And to be honest, from a neutral point of view, I quite marvelled at that trick play. It reminded me of when CMC threw that one against the Rams, and you thought, fair play, got nothing to lose. You might as mm. well try it. And equally, and we're going to get onto some Gareth Astors at the start about teams that surprise us with the playoffs, that Lions trick play against the Packers if you haven't watched it you need to go and watch it where he does the 
he, he passes it back. I won't spoil it for you. I haven't seen it. But just go right. and watch that game and then come back to me because we'll talk about it in a minute. But no, I think you're right, Lee. I think the defence, I'm not overly worried. You look at the stats. We went 6-0 and in the division. We swept the division like we said we were going to, Lee. You know, the Cardinals didn't put up much of a fight. We were 13-4. Me and Lee called that the start of the season, so we're catching so, so the season. So I'm, I'm going to say something here because um, in the ball prediction show, so I did hear some of it. I actually predicted twelve and five on the episode on on the podcast, but when we put the poll up in the group, I've predicted thirteen and four. So I'm kind of right, and I'm wrong. I, I did I did predict it correct there one way and not the other way. Um, and obviously the poll went up after we'd done the episode because I think Gareth put it up as soon as we finished recording so that we find out what other people's are. Um, and I think I, that, that's when I've gone in. Actually, no, it went up a week beforehand because I had to tell Paul to take his down. Keep keep it for the uh, podcast. I remember now, yeah. Um, so Paul took his off. And then as soon as we recorded the podcast and I published it, that's when I went on and selected what I'd said, what I thought I'd said what was going to be the uh, the regular season score. So I did say 13 and 4 in one thing and 12 and 5 in another. To be fair, in the interest of clarity, I think on a couple of the shows that I did outside of this, I did say 12 and 5. And you looked at that schedule. It's just tongue in cheek. It's just people point out when we're on Gareth. So we're going to accept it when we're right. But we're the hottest team in the NFL at the moment. We're coming on that yeah. win streak. You look at the season, you know, three and four at one point. We'd lost the Bears. We'd lost the Broncos. <laughs> I don't think any of us were that confident we were going to run the table. And like Lee said, mm. get that Brasso out because number six, we're not losing another game. Brock Purdy will have to wait till next season, Lee, to come back from a defeat. That's how bold we're going on this short night, Gareth. Yeah. So I yeah, think that's like probably that. a, that's probably enough on the Cardinals game. Uh, we we did mention it. Cliff Kingsbury and Lovey Smith have been fired. Is there, is there anyone else you think on the hot seat for Black Monday? Um, so Steve Kime, the uh, GM from the Cardinals, he's stepped down. Says he stepped down because of health issues, but I think it was always in the car on the cards. <laughs> Excuse the pun. It was always on the cards that uh, he was going to get the bullet as well. Um, but it says he stepped down for health reasons, uh, and that's with immediate effect. So they kind of cleared house a little bit in Arizona, um, which is interesting. Who else is on the uh, on the block? So Kingsbury's gone. Lovey Smith was sacked, although that was quite harsh, as, as you said earlier, Gareth. Um, not entirely sure who else it would be. The Broncos are looking for a new head coach, aren't they? Yeah, but they got rid of uh, Hackett Ledger's good, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. But just in that carousel of jobs, like you said, I think, like you were right, we all thought Ryan's because of that Texans connection at the start of the season, but I've seen a few rumours linking him to the Broncos job. A couple of hours ago on Twitter, a few people saying the Broncos might be interested in, in Ryan, so I think that'd be a better fit than the Texans, to be honest, gents. Mm. Well, I think yeah, he's so I saw something on in general... I saw something on general NFL Twitter that, that kind of suggested people were calling for Mike McDaniel's head or Mike McDaniel's head, which yeah, I, I find absolutely gobsmacking. Well, mm. so next you'll be seeing Lafleur in Green Bay because that didn't end the way they went. But like you said, it's just it can be fickle sometimes. But yeah, I have seen yeah. that the the hair on McDaniel, but they got into the playoffs. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they've had the quarterback issues themselves as well. So, I mean, they were playing the third-string quarterback. So, yep. it's, yeah, I thought that was a bit harsh. Uh, but, no, I'm, I'm not really expecting anybody else to go. 
Um, I think the Titans have approached to speak with Adam Peters, but that's for the GM job, obviously. Mm, um, yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about Peters. And See, Peters was given a... He, he, he was uptitled. <laughs> he was uptitled last year, wasn't he? Um, and I think they were going to move John Lynch from being called the GM to something else and then give the GM position to Adam Peters. So I wonder if that happens this off-season to keep him there. Because mm. I think Adam Peters is an integral part of that front office. I think he helps John Lynch do the work that he does. Mm. And I think, um, obviously, the Cowboys are in the playoffs, but there's a bit of heat with McCarthy. So, dependent on how their playoff run ends, whether that's the Eagles or whether it's us, you could maybe see they could look at a change. Because I've seen cheeky rumours that he quite fancies Peyton, Jerry Jones. But I think Sean Peyton's the, the hot name on the carousel at the mm-hmm. moment. But God knows who's going to. And like you said, Lee, we all have up up beat and, and vibing and you're like, oh, Harbaugh's coming back to the NFC West. It's like, oh man, I'd yeah. hate to see that, like you said, because yeah. Harbaugh was the coach when I first got involved with the sport. I'm hoping he stays at Michigan for Wayne Breezy's sake, because uh, I don't think Breezy can take more heartbreak for his college team. And he, uh, yeah, I mean, Harbaugh, as soon as he gets a, as soon as he gets, sorry, Gareth, as soon as he gets an offer, he's coming back to the NFL. He's, he's wanted to come back for a while now. Mm. Be interesting to see if anyone else does go because there's it's usually more like about six or seven coaching vacancies every year, isn't it? So I think with only only three um, that we know about for the um, moment. McVeigh yeah. apparently the Rams McVeigh's not uh, confident. Yeah, when well, he might... back. Obviously... yeah, the Rams. Well, we can talk about this the off season, but they uh, they need a serious rebuild, I think. Well, yeah, I think that's 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 one of the reasons why they're saying he might retire because it's mm. such a huge job they've got on because of the lack of draft picks, the lack of uh, cap space, everything like that. Um, for such such a young coach to already be considering retirement, it's it's strange, very strange mm. indeed. Speaking of strange, uh, any uh, strange faces make it to the playoffs this year? There's certainly a few teams. Perhaps surprised me who've made it. Yeah, CLC Ox. <laughs> yeah, well, they're one of them. And a few have surprised me by not making it. Yes, yeah, so I, I saw somebody post in the group tonight about the CLC Ox, how, how they make them nervous. Um, the fact that we've beaten them twice uh, already this season, just like we did to the Rams last season, and then the Rams turned us over the third game. I think it's completely different. I, th- I think the Seahawks have basically uh, robbed somebody of that last spot to get in there. Um, I don't think they're a particularly good team. I think they've had some fortunate results during the season. I can't really see them being an issue for us. But at the end of the day, it's playoff football. Playoff football is coached differently to your regular season football. Um, And you have to give props to Cheaty Petey. He's a good coach. Although although he should have ran instead of passing the ball. Um, (laughs) Or did he... Yeah, no, he made the, the, right, the right decision. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was the right one. Um, but no, I mean, Seattle, Seattle for me are the strangest of, of all the all the teams that are getting through at the playoffs. Um, obviously, the the Dolphins scraped in at the very end there, but then again, the Dolphins have been a good team. They've hit a five game stretch where they've been beaten, starting with uh, the beat down we gave them. Um, and they've struggled since then, but they were a good team to begin with, so that didn't come as a surprise. There's only the Seahawks, the Jags, as as you recall from the preseason um, pod we did. I actually had them down winning the division, mm. and they have. And to be honest, 
Mm-hmm. I can see the Jags beating the uh, Chargers as well in the wild card mm. um, round because they are a good team. And they've just been inconsistent. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think they do. Yeah. The surprising thing for the Jags when I looked at it, I was shocked to see that they were three and seven going into the bye. And I, like you said, Lee, I know we're not surprised to see them there, but there was three spots up for grabs last night, Gareth. Like you said, you know, the Jags, the Seahawks, the Dolphins. Not going to lie, I did wake up this morning with a massive smile on my face, finding out that the Green Bay Packers had got beat because my mate was a Packers fan, was not happy at all. I think he was fully expecting to turn the Lions over. And it just goes to show you the strength of the NFL. The Lions had nothing to play for last night. And I did think that was strange that the Lions and Packers didn't play at the same time as the Seattle mm. and the Rams. But the Lions look young, they look hungry. Obviously, there's the talk about Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to retire? Um, I wouldn't have been worried, Lee, facing Rodgers. I'd have liked to have no, given him I that wouldn't have been. fifth yeah, defeat. Yeah. But equally, given some of the footage I've seen today where he was trash-talking over the last few weeks, it was kind of nice to see them beat in Lambeau. Um, I have seen those posts about the Seahawks this season. I- I'm not worried about them. We've-, we've played them twice. And I like you said, the scraped in last night. I mean, if mm. Baker Mayfield had put a little bit more on that pass, that Diggs intercepted, it was, you know, that was the game done. And they had a bit of luck to get where they are. But uh, I think the Jags was the biggest surprise for me just on their record. And it's good to see different teams in there. But you're right, Lee. I think the Jags could be a sterner test for the uh, Chargers than what Nadji would hope for with his boy 10 on the centre for the Chargers. Yeah. Mm, no split loyalties there. So anything else before we wrap it up, lads? We will be looking ahead to the playoffs next week. So... Um, so I, th- I think it's yeah. So I think it's worth pointing out now, rather than uh, the preview show, that um, we, we were lucky enough to be offered the chance to go across to the wildcard game. Um, and when I say we, I'm talking about the 49th UK. Um, and as things stand, we're going to have five members in in Levi's on uh, Sunday night as guests of the 49ers. Um, no, they're not in that Sunday night. Sorry, Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday night. Completely forgot about that. Um, yeah, so hopefully I don't butcher his name, but uh, Anthony Falger, Fulger, um, Danny, David, and Anne Pardu, and uh, Jacob I. So those five are all right. going to be in the gold mine section on Saturday night. Yeah, it, it's awesome. I mean, Neil Watson was flying the flag there last night, and he I was. saw another guy who posted in the group, Gareth. So sometimes it goes to show you, sometimes people want to keep their trip a secret till they get there. And I was settling down last night and someone posted in the group, anybody else yeah. here? And I thought, yeah. oh, that's awesome. I, lo- I did like that. And like you said, we've been well represented this year and it's been great to see the group go from strength to strength. And like you said, there, like Nick Clark reaching out and saying, do you guys want some tickets for the gold mine section? Isn't something to be taken lightly. Just goes yeah. to show the hard work we've put in as a group and the podcast getting bigger and bigger and we're now on StreamYard and, it's all good, man. It's all feeling great, baby. Yeah, mm. feeling great. So thanks, gents, for, for joining me. Uh, and thanks to everyone who listens to the show. You can like, subscribe, comment and share um, as if you didn't know already. We'll be back later in the week to look ahead to Super Wild Card Weekend and the visit of the Seattle Seahawks to Levi's at 9.25, 9.35, is it, on Saturday night. Saturday night, NFL, at, at a civilised time as well. Um, we've uh, I don't know what we've done to deserve this from the NFL but thank you 
So hold on tight, everyone. It's the playoffs. Go Niners. Go Niners. Bang, bang, Niners gang. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep heart. Garrison Hurts, stiff far going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline.